you remember when that 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 filter that makes women look like men like gives them a beard? You've seen that one, right? You know, they, yeah. Now that really happens. That em, Emily, yeah, Emily would do that and then send me a story just to like disgust me. Like <laughs> it would disgust me. Like I would, I would be like, I would like open open it and I would look and I would like literally just say, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 137. Of course, we got Dusty Hanshaw, Scott McNally, myself, Big Ron Partlow, and we got a Q&A episode today. Lots of questions from the YouTube. Scott's going to pull those up, and Dusty's got a question box today on It's Just Bodybuilding. I know Dusty's got a lot of questions and Scott's got some YouTube uh, questions for us and we're going to do a uh, solid Q&A for you guys. Make sure you have your, was it cardio dose? For the yes. Week. There we go. You know, the number of people that are like cardio dependent on their podcasts is really huge, isn't it? It's important. It allows you to not think about the fact that you're just standing there doing cardio on a machine. You like get to unplug, yeah, right. you know, it's good. Yeah, I okay. listen to, you know, okay. dentist, that's a good place to listen to a podcast, put it on, you're not thinking about what's yeah. really happening with that drill. Oh, I, never, ever, yeah. I never took my headphones into a, into a dentist. You should. I have an appointment coming up. Yeah. Got the old, got the old pearlies getting cleaned soon again. So I'm going to head in there and I'll take my headphones this time. Try it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's good. That way you're, that way they're not trying to, I love when they try to talk to you while they have the thing in your mouth. All right, all right, How's right, your day? Right. Are you fucking kidding me? I, I yeah. did make one a, with you, so that's not good. I made a Number bad two. mistake, though. I <laughs> made a terrible. I so lo, this is two times ago at the dentist. I was trying to turn my phone down to hear what they were saying, and I was hitting my phone was upside down, so I was actually hitting the off button, and I called nine one one, and like I had all this shit in my mouth at the time, so I couldn't talk, and I got my headphones on. They're like nine one one. What's your emergency? And I was like, ah. And the lady was like, the lady, the, the lady was like, you did what? Wait, what? Kidnapping in you progress. Call, you called. Sounds you? like he has a gun in his mouth. He has you a gun called, in his mouth. You called nine one one, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And she took my phone and she was like, oh no, he's okay. He's in the dentist chair. He called you by accident. Yeah, that's what a hostage taker would say. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right? I'm surprised they didn't come in kicking the door down. Dentist, my ass. Good yeah. imagine I was very embarrassed though, like very highly yeah. embarrassed to that one. Yeah, I wouldn't have definitely. been. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have been like, "You, your day sucked prior to this mess. You're welcome." The dentist handled it well, though. He's like an old school guy, and he was like, "You know, I told you if you wanted me to stop, if you needed a break, you could just tell me. You didn't have to call the police." Not <laughs> <laughs> the first That's time this amazing. has happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just a grizzled old dentist. Is that yeah. like SWAT raids and everything? He's just <laughs> not his first fucking rodeo. <laughs> Okay, Scott, you got some YouTube. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What are we going too fast? What do we do in the beginning? Ooh. Oh, like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. Okay, good. Good. there we go. Very really good. good delay on that. Actually, I want to start. We got a little bit of Dusty bought his mama house. Yes. And then that was played while we went. And that's the update. So. You know, you have to make sure everyone knows a secret. It has to be close enough 
that you don't mind the drive, but far enough that she doesn't want to make the drive all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Cause there was actually, I was telling the guys off the air, the model home was available literally next to the house I bought and they offered it to me. And I just threw a low ball offer saying, you know, go away, not realizing how bad they'd want to get rid of the model home. And they're like, we'll take it. I was like, is it still right next to my house? Like, Can I move it? <laughs> yeah, it's still there. I was like, I, I, I don't, I don't want that one. No, no I'll find thought. another one. <laughs> Very, too but, close. but I was able to hide that under the fact that they wanted to close in two months, which also didn't work. So, mm. right, we're good. We got a twelve-minute so, drive, which is far I, enough, but close enough. Here's the key: Were you able to make your mom think you tried to get the host next door? <laughs> well, she's gonna find out about this when she watches this. Show. Yeah, I was gonna say she oh, watches okay. the show. Never so knew that. Never knew. Never knew. <laughs> okay, that's definitely yeah. a key. Yeah, so, what's key. your week looking like? What's your week looking like, Dusty? Oh, so it's it's busy week because, as you know, the Fit Expo is closing in on us. So. And I've got a shoot with you. Oh. So actually today, this is a true story, Scott. Today's leg workout, I literally only waited long enough for Nikki to do her set. And then I went again. And I added like <laughs> seven or eight sets. You're getting your conditioning. Out. I was drenched. I didn't even like, I didn't even worry about weight. Like yeah. on the Smith squats, I got to 405. I'd do 12, 15 reps, rack it. Yeah. She'd go, I'd go again, rack it. I went over to leg press jammed it out. I'm like, I got to get ready. Ron's going to kill me. Like, kill me. <laughs> Literally. Plus, we're in LA, so I'm going to be barely breathing because if you've been to Gold's and trained in the summer, oh yeah, you're underwater. Yeah. So I've got like two weeks to get ready for this shit. I mean, it's the biggest show of my life. I'm scared. What What, what are we going to train? We got to train legs. Oh, okay. Nice. Because I really like their hack squat and their leg press. And they got the really old school um, lying leg. Like they have the Nautilus lying leg curls, the extensions. Right. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. yeah we have okay. To. Well, we'll do legs and if we have to, if that's just how it has to yeah. be, then that's just how it has and to be. And we're just going to, and we're going to do it Ron's way. So I'm, I did, I'm going to do cardio later today. I'm literally preparing well, for a work. Got with Ron because maybe you forget that Ron is shreddy and rides bikes for longer than I stay up all day. That's true. It's not good. It's very active. It's you know, I good. rode for three hours the other day. I did a three hour ride the other day. I rest my case. And, and Dusty prepared for this this workout with you by doing one leg day a little bit faster than normal. Right. <laughs> I, don't, right. I don't know right. how much that's yeah. going to translate, yeah. Dusty. That's, that's why that's what I'm saying. I'm like, okay, so I got like 14 <laughs> more workouts to do this. You know, I hit up my friend Lance Armstrong. And I was like, you got some EPO. Um, but anyways, <laughs> he said, no, he's never tried it. Um, you'll, 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 you'll see my, you'll, you'll see how I'm doing by the number of plates we have to remove between sets. Now it'll be a little bit more than before. You were like yes. one, not if we're going before but now you'll be like three plating me. But not if we're doing that pace. <laughs> I'm just going to lay on the ground okay. in between. The pace, and then... <laughs> pace might help me with like a plate aside, you know, closer to your number. No, it was funny. I mean, it was fun though. I got to admit it was, it was hard. I was like, we got done. And you know, you, you, I was like, man, I did good. Like, I didn't feel nauseous or anything. Hop in the truck. I start driving home and the movement in the truck. I was like, and now I'm car sick. Yeah. Right. 
So yeah, I did find some stuff. We've got some. We've got some questions, and I do have to say, I think we sparked like a new segment without even thinking about it, uh, because we got asked about another rivalry. Remember, we had the Tom Platts oh, versus yes. Dorian, and then we had yeah, the and Kai I knew which versus, one they mentioned. Okay, Kai versus Phil, and now we have another rival. And I also want to tell you guys, so. True Nutrition is sponsoring a contest for all of Think Big Bodybuilding Media. We're, and here's what I'm going to do. They're, each month, they're going to give out a prize. We're going to do like a three-pound bag of protein for this first month. And the, mm-hmm. what, what I'm going to do for the contest is, is everybody that gets a question on the show, you will be put into a drawing. And then at the end of the month, I'm going to use a random generator to pick one lucky winner. So with that said, uh, this will be one of, uh, one of the entries here. And this okay. is uh, from uh, Vert Real. Okay, so here we go. Biggest, uh, as for biggest bodybuilding rivalries, how about Craig Titus versus King Kamali? That was a good one. This that was, was a, a vicious, a vicious early 2000s, you know, truly disliking each other rivalry. I think I preferred that because, yeah, there was no respect in that rivalry. They hated each other. (laughs) (laughs) That's a rivalry where you're like, they might actually fight. Right. True. Which which is great, you know. And they they went back and forth. The other other problem with all the other rivalries that we discussed was really one guy was winning for the most part. Whereas those two literally flip-flopped two years in a row at the Olympia. First King did better than the next year titus did better um right and they were very openly shit talking i enjoyed that right i for, i can't believe none of us remembered that yeah that i wonder one. what it's like i wonder what it's like to have a rivalry with somebody like a really public rivalry where you're like shitting on them and calling them out and they're calling you out and it's really like really a real actual like rivalry and then that person winds up going to jail for murder i was just thinking that man yeah i wonder what it's like because you'd be like fuck Maybe if I said one more thing, you would have killed me. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, how close? How close was I to getting put in the trunk of the car and ending up in the desert? I always you know, thought you're thinking, though, this guy, you know, well, shit talk. Yeah, he's always talking about his ass. Yeah. What's he gonna do? What's he gonna throw no, in the trunk of a car and light it on fire? It's ridiculous. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Burn my body in the middle of the desert? <laughs> yeah. Can we also bring up the fact <laughs> while we're on this glorious topic? You're in the middle of a desert. You have two choices. Dig a hole. That walk no away. Like all the Or light a giant fucking fire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, never mind. They're just having like a mini burning man out there. Just ignore the fire. I think they literally say, you know, they literally say like if, if you're if you've been attacked or anything like that, or you're being attacked, they don't they don't they say to scream fire. Yeah. Because yes. people run to fire. Yeah. <laughs> I think and helicopters notice fire. Meth affects your decision making. I think. Just a touch, you know? just a touch. Yeah, yeah. It was very. I remember when it happened. I was like, "She went in the middle of the desert and lit a fire instead of digging a hole." And in huh. the car, like, wasn't it their car? Yes. And yeah. then they had like, what? You just take the plate off, and you think they're not going to find out whose car it is? Video of them buying uh, the 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 uh, ignition fuel and stuff on a credit card. Yeah, you know what I have? I've never done anything with it, but Carl Lenore hit me up one day. Carl Lenore, he has a podcast called Superhuman Radio. Super long. He's been out there for like 15 years now. He was like, Scott, I don't I don't have anything that I can do with this stuff. Do you want it? And it was 
all of these audio recordings of Craig Titus from jail before the trial, like trying to figure shit out and calling people and telling people like what to do and trying to talk in code and potentially trying to put a hit out on. It was some weird shit. Like I listened to maybe two, three hours of it. I was like, I can't do anything with this, but it was freaking dark. We can do shit. We can put it up on this channel. Dark shit to have. It was, there was some darkness around that stuff. Oh yeah. I love that he's in jail trying to get out of the trouble. Yeah. By getting into more trouble. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Allegedly, all this stuff. Allegedly, right? Allegedly. Yes. Right, right. Of course. Craig, so what was watching, on there? He's like, he's like, hey, you know, the guy I don't like. It would be great if he just went away. Like, what kind of code is he talking? It, in? it was a while ago, so I don't really. Yeah. I, I hate to commit to saying anything, but it was there was like some shady stuff. Since I'm already in here, maybe that guy with the initials KK could also yeah. go away. <laughs> Might have been like a witness thing or something <laughs> like that. You know, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. Oh my God! Oh, All right. Sorry, I derailed us. Yeah. But it was the, there was a lot of that kind of talk. Like we need to take care of our problem, you know, right. our problem. Wink, yeah. wink. <laughs> this problem needs to vanish and never come back again. Yeah, ever. You know what it was? That was we're hey, we've got a screenplay, and I think that this character needs to be taken out of the movie. We're gonna have them. We're gonna end that role. That's what it, they were right. talking about. Yeah. Write this I don't know how out. anyone would have caught on. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Okay. So, well, so and, and Dusty, you mentioned derailing the show, but that's when the show is at its best. I don't want to have to remind everyone, but if we stay totally on topic here, we wind up with just an average episode right down the middle, nice and safe. We don't do you safe. Know? Okay. We don't do safe. We do burning okay. cars. Yes. <laughs> what else you got, Scott? All right. All right. Another entry for the contest here. A question for the next show. Uh, did your largest off-season body weight pushes translate to the biggest leaps in muscle mass on stage? Iron Warrior. Not necessarily. No. The heaviest I ever got, I only wound up being like four pounds heavier on stage the next year. And my actual mathematically best preps, if you're just looking at body weight moving, mm-hmm. were when I started my prep like light and you know cleaned out and kind of lean. Those were always when I like my body weight wouldn't move for like the whole diet, and I'd I'd come in at like actually yield more muscle. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So I tell everyone, yes, you have to eat to get big. You have to eat to get big. There's a lot of pizzas and burgers in an 800-pound squatting Ronnie Coleman. But um, was I any better off at 330 than I was at 310? No, because it was just water weight and like food bloat and making me really uncomfortable and sluggish. You know what I mean? So... Some of the years where I was like 310 to 315 I actually felt like I might have yielded more muscle than the year I went to 330 and and had to come down all that way. And it was really tough. So, yeah. Hmm. Would you Not say there's a, a factor for you, Ron, also, uh, you individually, where – if you were going to push the weight, not not to the same numbers, it would have been impossible, but say gotten as heavy body fat wise and everything as you did when you were 330, had you done that earlier in your career, you think it would have yielded more 
just because obviously so, you were pretty late in your career at that point too. So yeah, four so to five pounds in a year is is actually great that deep in your career. So I that's that's another thing that that's a theory I have is that younger guys get more out of a bulk, mm-hmm. like in the traditional sense, like when we're thinking of just pushing the scale. Mm-hmm. I I think that on younger guys we see more benefit i guess they're not they haven't hit there you know you know that that threshold where you've got a lot of muscle and things are going to get real tough from that point on you know what i mean mm-hmm. um maybe we'll say like the first half of your physique can can be built a lot faster if you just you know eat like a crazy man and train hard and lift heavy you know that whole sort of bulk up phase that we all go through when we're young seems to be much more beneficial on a younger guy than on like, say, take a 35 year old and try to push him up 40 pounds. It doesn't necessarily make him any better. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, why I asked. That's my, I never really did that late in my career. Um, but I did do it early, get heavy. Mm-hmm. And there were, you know, 12, 15 pound jumps in muscle mass during those time periods. But mm-hmm. then my very best gains between shows um, truly came in because I spent a year and a half where I literally did not eat anything that Chris didn't tell me to eat. Yeah. No kidding. Like, and so that's where you really realize as much. And, and I, I have to admit, I try to, as a coach, factor in that people have lives and want to live. So they have one or two cheat meals a week. Like, that's just normal. I'm like, it's... That's if you do math mm-hmm. on percentages, you're eating 42 times a week and two of them are complete whatever, that's still a great number. It's still a great yeah. percentage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I can't ignore that when I didn't do that even once, the results were ridiculous. Like when I show pictures from 2010 to 2011, and 11, I went down too far, actually overdieted, but the, still the muscle mass and the shape were two different people. Like, and there wasn't some huge jump in drugs either. It was just right. machine, train, eat, sleep, repeat. So I, I did. I sort of have a sub a sub answer for that. I had someone asked the other day, "What was the? You know, obviously in the first few years you train, you had the most muscle, right? Like you know, we gained, of course, yeah. we gained like a hundred pounds in the first four years, right? <clears throat> sure, but." But once you're competing, once you're dieting down and you're already like a super heavyweight, which I was right off the bat, what was my best year for growing and improving my physique? And I actually think that from 2004 to 2006 was one of my biggest jumps. And that's because I didn't compete in 2005. Mm, Yeah. So it, it wasn't that I pushed my body weight up super far. I just had this time to just train and be big and eat. And my weight wasn't that crazy. I was like, you know, 310, 315, maybe, you know, that year. But but I stayed that weight for like an entire like 14, 15, 16 months. Yeah. And just trained hard and was big and huge for like a year and a half with no not a single day of dieting, you know? And then when I dieted down for that next show, I wound up going from where I was always kind of hitting the high 240s, I was all of a sudden into the mid 250s now at my next show. Wow. And 
my condition was another level that I'd never achieved. I was at a new standard because I was always in pretty good shape my first few nationals. And then when I came back and I was six, that was when I was like, oh, you're shredded now. Like, like this is (laughs) different. And, and I was, and I was heavier and, and I think it was just the year off, you know, just the time off. You truly were bodybuilding for a year. Cement that size and stay that size for a long time and make that muscle more permanent. It's hard to grow a lot if you're competing, say, like at nationals every, you know, the same time every year. I found I would do like a, if I did a spring show, then I would do a fall show the following right. year. That way mm-hmm. I have enough time, you know. You guys want some more questions? We got a, we got a, looks yeah, like we got a bunch yeah. more on that. that last Absolutely. Episode, we uh, got a bunch of stuff here. Paul, you were also entered in the contest. I'm excited to do this. It's cool to kind of have that, that participation from True Nutrition. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. So he says, love the show, fellas. Question, uh, did any of you or someone you know start bodybuilding because you were overweight? And, and when that person lost the weight and looked better, did you notice that your friends didn't want to be friends with you anymore? I found the gym and it changed my life. Not just my appearance, but my confidence too. I got a better job and I started going out on more dates. The one thing I never saw coming though was that the loss of friendships. And I think it was because I wasn't the friend in, I wasn't the friend in need uh, anymore and someone that they could look down on. I love bodybuilding, but it can be lonely. And since bodybuilding is such a niche sport, it's hard to find people with that in common. I guess my question is, if you lost friends because of success, whether it be personal, physical, or professional, how did you not let that affect you? That is a good one. I go on for hours on this. (laughs) <laughs> so Ron start talking before I do <laughs> oh um well I mean this is a fantastic topic I'm sure there's a lot of people that have a whole fucking lot to say about this um I I'm kind of fortunate in this regard because I was started bodybuilding literally in junior high school like I was in grade nine when I started working out all the time and making it a priority and so it was just always a part of me. So anyone who was even a friend of mine in high school knew that I worked out and carried protein shakes and, you know, was trying to get big and strong and all that sort of stuff. So it's been part of me my whole life. So I never really went through a transition where I like, where my friends had to deal with me becoming a bodybuilder. You know what I mean? Like, or, or adult friends having to like deal with this change. Like that never happened to me. I was always so into it that my bubble was always constructed around it. So it was just like, I never really had that, but I've seen that happen to people where they, they step up and they, the the one thing I really get is when you get like, you see like a, a couple and the one person wants to elevate their fitness and the other person doesn't want to. Yeah. And it, it, it can really, it can, you know, it can end things because that one person resents the other person for wanting to go to the gym five days a week and wanting to do their cardio and want to eat better. And they start to look better and feel better and they start to be happier. The person gets resentful. And I guess that same thing happens on a friend level too. You know, people want you to be where you are because they're where they are. And that's their, like everything's constructed around them, their hierarchy of who is in their world. And, when someone moves and changes positions, it can throw other people off. 
I don't know. Dusty sounds like he's got a lot more to say about this. Well, I mean, I was just going to say this pertains to almost everything. I think mm-hmm. the same thing happens right. when you come up with a bunch of people and you go to college together and then you all leave college or you do whatever it is you do. And then you decide to become for yourself more in life, whatever that means, whether it's you're going to open your own business or you want financially more money or things like that. And when you start to succeed, you will find out who your friends are. Um, and I think that that happens in everything. So staying on topic of bodybuilding, it shouldn't matter. The majority of my friends uh, stopped bodybuilding when I kept going. We didn't stop being friends. Um, so it shouldn't matter. So the, the simple answer to me is anyone who alters their view of you because you're, because you're feeling better about yourself for anything was never your friend to begin with. Yeah. Um, that's just a simple fact. And I think I'm fortunate enough to have had my health issues last year where I got a real smack in the face of on the opposite of the spectrum, how lucky I was to have a lot of friends, like people I really was like, holy shit, I have actual friends because the wheels fell off and they're all still standing here. And it's easy to be friends with a guy when everything's great. So I would consider it a win. Anything in life that rids you of someone who you didn't realize was kind of holding you back is a good thing. And if you Mm -hmm. just continue on your mission, currently with your fitness and just training and doing your thing and, and remaining who you are at your core, people will come around you who want to continue to elevate you and you'll elevate them. You know, Mm -hmm. so I do find it's that, that very trite saying is, you know, hang around with with winners. The conversation is different. It really is. So you'll be around people who, as you meet them, that are going to respect what you've done and maybe they're even more advanced than you, whether it's financially, physically, whatever, and you will push each other to new levels. So although it's lonely, um, I would rather be at a table alone than surrounded by people who aren't really there for me. Absolutely. And my, my dad used to say, it's hard to soar like an ego when you're surrounded by turkeys. <laughs> Very accurate. You know? And uh, yeah, some people, some people want you to stay where you are because it makes them comfortable. Yep. You know, and that's a weird thing. I, I don't get that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always really excited when I see people like change and take ownership of something and, you know, oh, yeah. step up. Motivating. It makes you think, fuck, I hope I'm not being lazy. <laughs> I think that's a good thing, too, is you're right. Because when someone else elevates, even when you, it, it does kind of like in a good way, you're like, that's awesome. Now, can I step up also? And then when you do, mm-hmm. guess what they turn around and do? It's fucking awesome. You know, yeah, that's yeah, how you know yeah. it's your it's your friends, you know, because anybody who's truly your friend wants to see you win, whatever that yeah. means. Well, you know, like I don't know if it's in the you know, Jordan Jordan Peterson's uh twelve twelve rules for life. I, I yeah. think it's in the first twelve rules is be very aware of who is happy when you have good news mm. and 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 also who is there for you when you have bad news. You know, they say the the, a really bad trait to keep an eye open for is when you have good news and the person you tell it to feels the need to one up you. Huh? Right. That's like a really toxic trait. Keep your eyes peeled for that. So when you're like, hey, man, I got good news. I, 
even we'll just use this dumb example. You know, I, I squatted 405 for the first time. And someone who can just be genuinely happy for you, like, that's fucking awesome, man. Like, I remember, you know, I remember that, that it's fucking great feeling. I'm happy for you. But when someone's just immediately changes it to them, go, oh, yeah, that's cool. I squatted 555 for three last week. It was fucking, and they just have to get on you. That's, that's yeah. a trait is like, this person's not really happy for you. They're happy yeah. that they get to tell you about themselves. Hmm. Yep. So keep an eye peeled for that, you know? And we all do that sometimes. We've every single person has one up somebody and not realized it. Right. So it's also good to be aware of, of, of that as like a bad habit. And it's not a good thing when people need a lot of people who tell you their successes, they're, they're hoping like you're Dusty Hanshaw. To you, you're just Dusty. But to someone who comes and tells you something they've accomplished, maybe they look up to you. Mm-hmm. And if you cut them off and one up them, that's like t- super toxic to them. And you might not realize that, but they don't yeah. see you as an equal. They see you as someone they're coming to hoping for some, mm. you know, something positive, right? Yeah. Just interesting. Interesting to think of, <clears throat> be aware. And I guess it's important, you know, you make me think because I've had people do that <clears throat> to me. And at the same time, I mean, I'm a human being. I feel like I've probably done that to other people without even thinking about it. it I feel like thinking about that makes me more self-aware don't do that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Like, don't be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we've all done it, but there's some yeah. people that that chronically all. I know what you it. mean. Like, we've known people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's their that's their it. thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. We had another okay. rivalry question, but I off I also have to appease Connie Richards, one of our longtime followers. Yes. Because every week she's asked me for wedding pictures. So I had one on my desktop here. I'm okay. going to we're going to share, share a wedding picture here, guys. Nice. Whose wedding? Good. I get to, I get oh. to share a picture of oh, my beautiful my wife here. Yes. There we go. Yes. Look at me. I'm a, I'm the luckiest freaking guy. Let me tell you that. You look that very, awesome. very happy and very aware of how statistically <laughs> rare. It is. <laughs> I like you to get a woman like that. I love that you said statistically rare. He is very aware. <laughs> yeah, I've got the luck, right? I've got that look. Yeah. No, it's it's good. I like you guys look great. You guys look great. All right. So, I can't, I can't okay. find the screen cap here. I'll just tell you. And then I'll still save the screen cap for the entry, which the question is another rivalry. And this is probably like the all time classic is Lou versus Arnold. Right. Now, when you watch Pumping Iron, and everyone who's seen this show should watch Pumping Iron. Like, if you're one of those people out there where you're a bodybuilding fan and you, you know, you, you, you watch the podcast and you, you take the supplements and you go to the gym and train, if you haven't watched Pumping Iron, you're really, really missing a key foundational element of being in the bodybuilding realm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like how we got here, like how this all happened, like the genesis of everything that is happening is in that movie. And I think it's important for everyone to watch it and watch the whole thing. It's an easy watch. It's not even, it's like, what, an hour and a half long? I think it's free on YouTube too. Yeah, it's free on YouTube. Everyone should watch Pumping Iron. It's, It's an amazing, but having said that, there was a lot of stuff that was like, you know, that the producers kind of egging them on. 
For you know, sure. so Ar- Arnold was getting egged on and Arnold also understood that this was a vehicle to help make him a bigger star. So he, he saw the opportunity. You can tell Arnold is just fucking, he loves that camera, man. He oh, yeah. loves it. He plays mm-hmm. up every second he's on the camera lens. He's uh, being a character. And, you know, some of the jousting with Lou is totally, you know, the producer's going, hey, give him a hard time, you know? And Arnold's like, right. I got it. I got it. They'll give him a very <laughs> hard time, you know? <laughs> I love I love this scene when they're at breakfast the day before oh, yeah. the Olympia. And he goes to have breakfast with Lou and his dad. And it's like, can you imagine that actually happening? Like, can you yeah. imagine, you know... The morning of the Olympia, Brandon Curry goes for breakfast with Rami and his family. <laughs> right? Like, that wouldn't happen now. Brandon no, Curry's not no. going to go for breakfast with them the morning of the Olympia. But back then, they, you know, they set it up. They had the cameras. And I love when Lou says, you know, I call my mom. Or when Arnold says, I call my mother. I tell her I, I won the Olympia. I already, won. She said, Can- <laughs> I already won. She said, congratulations. You know? <laughs> and then he looks at Lou and he goes, you know, imagine how I must feel. Seven times, Mr. Olympia. You know? <laughs> the day but that's before okay. the show. But that's okay. You have two times universe. Like, just <laughs> fucking vicious. Like, you know, and you could see Lou's dad and Lou, they're like rolling their eyes, you know, but that's just, is funny, man, how they set that up. It's an, it's an entertaining rivalry. And uh, it, was a, it was a hell of a time. Watching that movie now is so weird. Oh, God, yeah. But I love it. Like it, it, as you were saying, people need to watch it. I'm like, they haven't already. I just assume everyone has that and Slapshot. You got to watch both. Um, oh yes. <laughs> sorry, I had to throw that in. You're Canadian. Yes. You understand. Oh no, you have to. We got one to. more comment I wanted to mention, um, and it was that Ron has ruined more TV shows and movies for me than anybody <laughs> that I've ever met, and I've never <laughs> met him. <laughs> What do I do? You get excited. Oh, you just get excited, and you like to, you you talk about it. But I don't think I you've ever be... actually said the end. Well, I don't think I. I try not to spoil things. One time, but I fast like for hunger. No, not Hunger Games. That uh, Squid Games. And yeah, I, you, you I edited that the, out. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, like somebody mentioned, Sopranos one of the best shows ever, which I agree. If you talk about the ending of Sopranos, if you haven't seen it, it's your fault by now. You know what I mean? Right. True. Yeah. Well, there's. So, what's the statute of limitations on talking about mm. the end of a show? I don't know. Two years. Because, like, the the huge dickhead move, the real big flagrant dickhead move, was the Facebook spoiler, like, an hour after a Game of Thrones would end. Oh. Yeah. And and other people haven't had a chance to watch it yet. You know, like yeah. you're, you're you're like a day away from the episode then episode just ended and you're talking about this character dying and stuff and you know that's i think game of thrones was one of the breaking points where i stopped going on facebook yeah <laughs> like, ended your that, facebook life yeah like yeah. the whole like the set you know the seven seasons of game of thrones <clears throat> that's when facebook i phased it out like at some point because i was like i just got to dodge spoilers yeah and um but what's what's the cutoff like can i talk about the end of pulp fiction it's <laughs> nope. 1994 nope. too new it's too new <laughs> <laughs> your unborn children can talk about that not us like we can't right. we can't talk like i can't tell you what happened in ozark so this new the new season no, but that's yeah, that's yeah, obvious it's just the happened, same season you know, it just happened mm-hmm. yeah it's I, your I own fault way, you know, Peaky, you Peaky Peaky Promise, blinders you know? is 
is over in the UK right now, and there's a way to get it here. Ooh. But I'm not going through all that bullshit. So it comes out in June. Yeah. Um, yeah. If someone were to talk about that live, I would block them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be the end. Never You're done. Dusty You're again. dead to me. Boom. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Another thing I want to bring up. Yeah. Another thing I want to bring up. Speaking of blocking people. I'm sure we all know people who've lost their Instagram accounts by now because they clicked on a link that someone oh. sent them like, hey, would you vote for me? Like a fitness yeah. influencer contest. Please, please vote for me. And it looks like a, a muscle and fitness link or it looks yep. like some kind of link and you click it and you check it out and you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't really feel like voting for this guy, but you've already clicked the link. And now, within, yeah. and now within minutes, like there's a couple of minutes window there where someone's going in and changing your password and changing your phone number and changing your email and you're fucked. And I've known a bunch of people that lost their accounts lately. Yeah. And I just want to do a PSA. Don't send people links and expect them to click them. People send me stuff all the time and they're not viruses, but I tell them I'm not clicking that link. Yeah. If you want to send me a link, text it to me. Like, yep. Or, or email me a link or something. Text me something and go, hey, you know, can you check this out for me? Let me know what you think of this video or whatever. But Instagram, fuck off. I'm not clicking your link. I'm not voting for you. I'm not taking any part. And I'll probably block you because I think it's so suspicious that you sent me a link that I just don't want <laughs> oh, it do. to happen again. Oh, no, I do. I block I people. Block yeah, block them. You got it, for mom? Sure. Yeah. Don't S same thing with the, uh, same, same thing if you, ca if you realize that someone's account did get taken, they're never getting it back, so just block that account. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know some people who got it back through this, like, facial recognition service that they did. You have to know someone who, like, I know Hollings <laughs> had got his back. Yeah, you know? yeah. But Nate I mean, Spear did too, but Nate literally yeah. paid the guy. He paid a guy Bitcoin or whatever, and he he bartered with him too, and he ended up giving the guy like a hundred bucks or something, and he got his account back. He's like, it was worth it. I had a lot of followers. I wanted to keep them. But what him and then other people who so I had the I the the guy who hacked Nate Spear and hacked a bunch of other people in fitness, they send you a message and I got the message saying that you have violated uh you know standards or whatever. You if you, you need to dispute this, here's a link to that. And when you click on that, it looks like you're still on Instagram, from what I understand. And basically yep. you need to log in. And when you log in, you're giving uh -huh. them your info. Yeah. So the yep. deal is, is that if you have the two-step verification set up on your phone, I guess mm -hmm. that that will, will, will avoid that from them being able to change your stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go fucking two-step, three-step, four-step. Fuck. I got my, you know, authenticator app running on everything. Like there's <laughs> pop security. There's no getting around. Top, fuck you. Knock on fuck one. you and your fucking link. Fuck off. <laughs> What's weird to me though is when I, when I see those, right? And they, and they get the account and they're immediately talking about, I gave this person $500 and they gave me $10,000 in a week. Yeah. And like, no one actually like follows through and goes and signs up with them. So, yeah. I mean, what's the success rate? So, yeah, that like, thing, no, there all is, these accounts. there is a thing that they're doing where they're, so they're laundering money. And I saw a thing on like Vice or something where and they're in, they are advertising through Instagram. So there is some of that stuff that's really real. But what end up, ends up happening is, is that you let somebody else into your, you basically, you allow them to put money in your account 
and then they take most of it back out. But a lot of times, like you get your account flagged. It's like it's there's some black market shit that is happening where people mm-hmm. are making money and they'll make like a thousand bucks off, of, you know, meeting somebody on Instagram. But if you were to follow through and that was real, you're still going to get screwed because then your bank account gets shut down by, you know, FBI or whoever. So, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I just saw I just saw a girl from uh, from Scottsdale. Uh, her account got hacked and they and I didn't notice it. And then all of a sudden it was like, check out the new car I got with the Bitcoin. And I was laughing because she's rich and the car was way shittier than the car she drives. I'm like, well, it doesn't work when you flag a rich bitch. Like, <laughs> I was like, she wouldn't buy that car. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Just fucking. And you feel bad for people like the one link a friend of mine just had her account taken. It was a she does like like nails. She's a nail tech. Mm-hmm. So it was like a co-worker from hers, a co-worker of hers who also does nails, sent her a link about nails. Oh, God. And she fucking clicked it. Mm. And then she lost her account. But she got hers back with that facial recognition thing she went through. It took a couple days. But I guess if you don't have enough selfies on your account oh then it won't work because huh. there's not enough of your face for it to capture and believe you right so the people that just post food pics they're in big shit you know That's you gotta funny. like facial recognition a plate of food yeah <laughs> that is me <laughs> yeah that is me i am lasagna yes yes <laughs> look at me all those all those people that look like melted candles there are a lot of those Okay. Did you see, by the way, uh, Frank McGrath put up a great uh, story the other day. It was him talking with one of the filters. We had the lashes and this clear skin. Oh, God. And the whole thing. And he goes, ladies, none of you fuckers look like this. Could we knock it off? <laughs> <laughs> it was just amazing. I was like, and what's funny is I see people comment on other posts about that. And everyone agrees Yet people continue to do it. It's so weird to me. I'm like, you did not. I've seen you in real life. That's not what you look like. Or they'll be doing it. A girl will be doing it. And it's like Emily's with Ron. And then she turns it to Ron. And then all of a sudden Ron has lashes and clear skin. And then back to right, I'm right. like, fuck people. Knock it off. Like, I've been ugly since the beginning. It's never been an issue for me to deal with. I'm just like, <laughs> it's fine. Fuck it. There was, do you remember when that, that, that filter that makes women look like men, like gives them a beard? You've seen that one? Right. You know, they, yeah, now that really happens. That em, Emily, yeah, Emily would do that and then send me a story just to like disgust me. Like <laughs> it would disgust me. Like I would I would be like I would like open open it and I would look and I would like literally just say, oh, oh, oh. Like I couldn't even look. I couldn't even finish watching it, and she'd be giggling or laughing or doing something silly. With She's in the, the kitchen, filter. and I'm like, off, off, off. She's like, "Did you watch the whole thing?" And I'm like, "No." She's like, "But you have to watch the whole thing. It's funny." And I'm like, "I can't. I can't." <laughs> like I just, it was too much. It was like deep, fucking. Ugh, it's hard. All right, so I'm, I'm, do we have any more questions or do I got to jump in some now, Scott? Yeah, I'm well, all set over yeah. here with YouTube, yeah. but I do want to encourage everybody, if you have any questions, if you want to throw something in, put it in. Plus, you know what? All that stuff, it helps to boost us up in the algorithm, all the stuff. you. So thank you, by the way, to everybody who did oh, post questions and post and, more. And I want to thank everyone for the amazing response to the Roman Fritz episode. Oh, yeah. Um, so much feedback on that one. He was great. Uh, we'll definitely be having Roman on again. 
So just a heads up to everybody. Okay, Dusty, I know you got a question box up. I saw it. Yeah, I threw it up. That's why I'm jumping on here real quick. Um, okay, basic one to start. You're I not falling going. asleep there with your hat down, are you? You're yeah. looking down. I'm actually I'm reading. I'm reading for once. Uh, I didn't do that this time. Uh, best yeah. heart rate zone for fat loss on prep. Uh, you know, I don't actually, I don't actually know what the data would say on this. Um, my safe zone was always like 110 to 120, 130 beats per minute was where I did most of my cardio. And that was just doing like steady state treadmill, incline walking or whatever was mostly what I did. And, um, I always just kind of followed the rule that Meadows used to say, later on meadows would say cardio should either be really easy or really hard agreed but to avoid moderate cardio you know you don't want to be doing moderate cardio because that causes the most adaptation of your it like technically turns your eight cylinder into a six cylinder it makes you more efficient Mm. with calories which is the you do not want to be efficient with calories you want to be blasting inefficient you want to have holes in your gas tank and a v12 engine right and 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 either hit cardio will do that because you're on the right energy system you're not on the endurance system right or easy steady state that doesn't trigger an adaptation right so that's why walking has been such a common like look at all the people who just walked for cardio like dorian and I mean, Meadows generally did a lot of just walking and I walked most of my, like a lot of the nineties guys, we just walked a lot of treadmill walking, you know, watch those old battle for the Olympias. There's a lot of, you know, and whether you call that the bro way to do it or whatever, that's just how it was done. And it seemed to work. You kept your muscle. Um, and, and, you know, you got in shape if you just followed the plan. What do you think, Dusty? Um, I, I hate cardio. So I always did the same in the opposite direction, which was I like to just, I still walk, but I would always push the uh, incline. And basically the moment that cardio started to feel easier, I made it harder. Hmm. That was how I could keep, because Chris would say, for example, he'd say 20 minutes on the step mill or 30 minutes on the treadmill. And when I would first start, you know, 20 minutes on a step mill, 60 steps per minute would be tough. And as yeah, soon as it started to be like easy, I would jump that up to 72 steps per minute. And that's what I tell my clients is keep that in mind is as the cardio gets easier, I want you to push it up a little bit. You know, right. let me what, know. You know what your heart rate would have been? I never even looked. I just knew oh, I wanted okay. to make it harder because that's also why for my entire career, like the highest my cardio probably ever got was like 45 minutes in a day. Right. Because the, we would push. The- you, you you are going to get like I know what you mean. You are going to get um, cardio is going to get easier. Plus, you're getting lighter, so you're carrying yeah. less weight around. So the cardio yeah. does get easier. So um, I always go by heart rate. So let's say my heart rate was like let's say it was 120. Uh, by the middle of prep, I have to have more of an incline, and I'd have to be walking a little faster to still have it at 120. Right. But the point is, is that 120 was still relatively easy cardio. Right. I was yep. I was going harder than I was to start, but I wasn't doing like, you know, like the hard jog, like yeah. 160 heart rate. That's not where you want to be. That's why they say jogging is like the worst cardio for fat loss. I mean, mm-hmm. that whole jogging 
fad that hit the 80s didn't make anybody leaner you know <laughs> it's yeah. like i do like hit on the bike for my clients too do you do that i'll have them do well, 10 yeah. minutes of hit 30 seconds all out 30 seconds cruise i don't even say a number i'm like cruise get right. your oxygen back and then go again and i can always tell when someone doesn't do it because the first day i send it they don't bitch yeah it's fucking terrible like if, if you've never done that and someone says 10 minutes that's a long fucking time for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if, you, if I, I don't get a response, I'm like, mm, dude, you're, you're 30 pounds over stage weight. That hurts. <laughs> I, I remember there was um, one time specifically where I did 45 minutes of hit on the step, stepper. Not the step mill, but like the one where you're standing on the, yeah, two, yeah. the two steps. I do I like 45 those. minutes on the stepper, which I liked. Um, so I would do four minutes easy and then yep. one whole minute hard and then four right. minutes easy, one minute hard. So there was a minute every five minutes, right? right? And man, that's a long 45 minutes on a stepper. Oh, yeah. You know, is that four minutes easy is still like you're like recovering from the minute. Oh, say it took fuck. three minutes to get your oxygen back. Then you have Plus a minute this to get is, a sip of water. <laughs> yeah. Plus this is like late in the prep too. So this is like. 100 grams of carbs all day you know so it's like real shitty but there is a big leap in fat loss w when you put the time in like that yeah. and that's still not like anywhere near the type of cardio that like someone who like runs two miles like that's the way higher you know overall intensity of it yeah. um oh yeah so but the the thing with um with with cardio is that you still want to make sure like when you talk about time, you should always be training more than you're doing cardio. So that people who train an hour a day and do two hours a day cardio, I always think oh, there's something because you know, the law of specificity, right? Like what you put the most into is what your body becomes and you don't want to become an endurance athlete. That's like, a great that's not the point. point. I never thought of. Yeah. I never thought about that either. That's interesting though. You know, you become what you do. So if what you mostly do is cardio, <laughs> that's, you know, that's not the point. Ah, this is a good one. Uh, and, and I know we've answered this, but I just feel like I keep getting it. So, uh, Scott, I'm going to start with you because I actually know Ron's answer to this. All right. Um, how did you mentally conquer force feeding to grow? Ooh, I watched uh, Jay Cutler videos, which inspired me to feel like, is it just what we all do, right? Mm -hmm. Literally, that's the answer. Like, I watched Jay Cutler force feed. And I was like, this is just what we got to do. So I did it. I remember I remember following the Ronnie Coleman plan and getting those um, the grits packets, yeah, yeah. emptying them into the bowl with all my scram, like a dozen scrambled egg whites. And then all those grits packets, like four of them, and just mix it all up. And then I just sit there for like a half hour just eating this giant bowl until I couldn't. And then you take the water and you take a bite, put it in your mouth and kind of like chew it up a little bit. Water, swallow it like a pill or chicken. Same thing. Chew up the chicken, take a drink of water, swallow it like a pill. I don't think it really was to my benefit, though. Instead, nowadays, what I think it's more valuable is to try to trick your body to stay hungry. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I feel like the kiss of death in an off season is when you lose your appetite. So I have guys now that are eating a lot of food and we're keeping them like really fucking hungry. And when they start feeling over full, then we like maybe pull back a little bit. We add a little bit of cardio in and we pull out maybe maybe remove a little fats or something. We can get squeeze some more carbs in there. 
And then they're complaining. They're eating like thousands of calories. And they're like, oh, my God, I'm still, my appetite's like a furnace. And I'm like, now we're good. So I don't, I don't right. guess, yeah. force feed a ton. I think that, that yeah. uh, I do a lot of that. Um, do a 10-minute walk before you uh, eat your meal. Yeah. Amazing what that does. A 10-minute walk. Just, you know, even like, you yeah. work somewhere, you can disappear for 10 minutes. I mean, literally walk down the hallway, walk up the stairs and down, and then walk right back to your office and eat. It, it's pretty drastic what that does. Hmm. I like that. I've been playing with meal meal times and small bursts of activity like that just for fun because like, you know, I can just do whatever I want with my meals now. So sometimes there'll be something I have to do and I'm like, I'm not really that hungry, but I know I should eat. I'm like, fuck, right. I should eat. It's been like three hours, but I've got maybe something that I need to do that'll take 20 minutes. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go do that 20 minute thing. I'm going to go replace that mm-hmm. cable or whatever and then I'll eat, you know? And just like that extra little, you know, burst of activity, doing something, that meal is, goes down like way easier, you know, than mm-hmm. when you're kind of like, ah, I got to eat this food, you know, that sort of thing. And the 10 minute walk, the old Stan efforting like 10 minute walk after you eat. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I really like that, you know, like you eat a big meal and then I'll like go make myself do something instead of just sitting there, Ugh, you know, right. It does like you feel like it does move it along. It gets your body like you know your stomach's flat like within ten minutes. It's really weird. Yeah, right. So it does something to you, you know. But we're supposed to be moving way more than we do, right? Like someone said to me the other day, like I'm walking every day. Is that bad? Is that going to slow my metabolism down? I'm like, think of all the people who, like, for what did we do for a hundred thousand years? Right. It's like, like no, you can. It's not how your body works. People are way too scared. They're way too scared to buy stuff now, you know? Oh, I don't want to walk too many steps. I don't want to downregulate my metabolism. And it's just. <laughs> I love how, uh, I don't know when this started. I, I, I think it happened during the, um, if it fits your macros craze, that we got this whole idea that our body was such a delicate flower. Oh, yeah. Had, perfect mathematical formula. Yeah. Like I'm like, yeah. you know, no, if you're, if your calories go too low for too long, you're going to shut down your metabolism forever. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh yeah. And other stuff, other stuff like, Oh, uh, avoid caffeine at, in the morning because it raises cortisol. Right. Okay. Well, how much <laughs> for how long? What do you mean? Raises cortisol <laughs> do I I just say that and expect me to give a shit. Like what? It raises cortisol mm-hmm. 5% for 20 minutes. Plus we, want, we want that little, we want that blast. Like it's there for a purpose. We we want it. Not all the time, but we want it. Who says it's not good? Yeah. Who well, says it's not a little anti-inflammatory kick in the morning or something? Like well, it wakes you up. Like, gets you moving. Yeah. When we're so worried about all this stuff, maybe the coffee is more valuable than worrying about your cortisol. You know? <laughs> Plus you get that. <laughs> worrying about the dump. coffee is raising your cortisol more than <laughs> drinking the coffee. Yeah. My morning dump lowers my cortisol. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> But I mean, it's, it is true. That's like a thing where we've, it became a cool thing. I'm like, I think back to, to Meadows and he was like, you know, egg whites and sugar-free ketchup. That was my diet for seven years. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, and I remember people would fight with him. That's too low. I'm like, is he peeled? Yeah, and is are you a pro? Are you as good as him? You know, like it's obviously yeah. working for him. I, I don't understand that whole thing. But I was going to say, uh, speaking of, that was one of the things that I stole um, from. Uh, oh God, 
from Matt um, back in the day was he had all of his clients um, park their cars far away every single place they went. Oh, that was yeah. like a, a big factor for him. He's like, if you go to the gym, last parking spot. Go to the grocery store, last parking He forced steps out of people. When you say Matt, Matt was Porter, that, man. Matt Porter. Yeah, that okay. was a, that was a big thing that he did. And yeah, up. and he it was he literally that was just a rule. Like this is what you do always. Yeah. And yeah. then I started talking to some of his clients and I'm like, God, that's a great idea because if not, everyone does the opposite. Like I always laugh when you go to the gym and people are like literally waiting for a close parking spot. And I'm like, Yeah. The parking lot's not that big. And you're gonna walk inside and get on a treadmill. I, I can't remember who it was, but I had a, I had a, a friend and she was kind of obsessed with steps and she told me how many steps she worked into her year just by modifying things. And one of the thing was she worked on like the 30th floor of a building. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't practical for her to climb the stairs every day, every single time, sure, but yeah. she would, she would, she would always take the elevator to like the 25th floor. And then just walk up what? five flights. Okay. And she right. would do that every day to and from work. And she did the math on how many steps that was over the course of the whole year. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is a massive impact to my overall activity. And then I add, you know, the parking spot thing. And then I mm-hmm. add the, you know, this thing. And at the end of the year, I have this many more steps. It's like hundreds of thousands of steps more. Yeah. And she's like, so, you know, that was part of her plan to just be more active, you know? So I think we get too caught up um, in, in bodybuilding now with the little, little details. There's an obsession with, you know, for example, the other day I got a question um, and a guy asked about growth. When's the best time to take growth? And I really like my true answer to everybody is just fucking take it. Yes. Like I've never seen someone on stage and said, man, I really, I noticed he was taking six IUs of growth and I did the research. And if you take three IUs at night and three IUs in the morning, it's actually better than all six at night. Don't forget. There's your answer. Take it when you won't forget. I don't think, I mean, it's funny because the, the, here's what I will tell you guys. And, and not that I, you shouldn't do the best you can to, you know, peak yourself, but the best guys that I've ever talked to, that's, it's not even a subject of conversation. Chris right, Cito yeah. never said to me, X, Y, Z, take it at oh this God, time. Oh my God, we got to change the time. Yeah, yeah. We're eight weeks out. We got to shift it to PM, AM now. Yeah. No, yeah. there's none of that. Yeah, yeah, so the, I think we worry about that shit, but then it's like, but then I'll get a video from someone who asked that question and they leave three reps on the table on a hack squat. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'd yeah. like to talk about that. Yes. Yeah, this, oh, the, the, you know, it's a general overriding theme in the industry is putting so much effort and attention on things that make almost zero difference when you don't have the main three things that are 95 to 97 percent of your results nailed down yeah you know train like a fucking animal nail your diet and stay focused on what you're doing and the cortisol in the morning with your coffee Coffee. and the you know all that stuff just is completely fucking irrelevant you know so i think we get a little bit of an issue too uh because you know here's a thought so 
the people who are doing this are often people that don't know better, right? So they're just right. trying to like think like, oh, I want to get the most, especially like take the growth hormone thing. They're like, uh, I'm spending all this money. I want to make sure I get the best out of it. But then we also have coaches. I think sometimes it's inexperienced coaches. And I think sometimes it's people who are complicating things to feel important. We get mm-hmm. that going on. And then if I were to hire you, Ron, or Dusty, and you guys tell me, yeah, don't just take the growth hormone whenever you want. But then I have another guy who say, oh, man, you got to split it up and take two units every four hours throughout the day. Anybody who tells you anything else is foolish because they don't know the science and the blah, 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 blah. And this is right, happening right. and that's happening. I think that I think there's a sales pitch in there, too, a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah, no, I get that. And I, I think that yeah. when you, uh, here, here's what this would be advice to trainers coming up or thinking about that is a lot of times they do want to have a, a shtick, a yeah, reason brand. That we should use them. And you know what my best brand ever was? Results. I knew you were going to say that. That's it. all you have to do. <laughs> if your client, I mean, yeah. literally, and I know this happens to Ron all the time. <clears throat> I went to a show last year when I was still in Arizona and I never go to shows. And a guy looked at me and he's like, you have athletes? I said, yeah. So we fast forward like 15 minutes and one of my guys walks out and he turns, he goes, that's one of them? I said, yes. Next guy walks out, he goes, that one too? Yes. It's like, <laughs> that's what gets you sales. Yeah. Is it is true. Bring people in. Like, so, and, and I tell true. people up front when they start with me, when we get done, you're going to be shocked at how basic what we did was to get you this extreme result. It won't even make sense. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know. Mental masturbation, I guess. It's what they're into. Yeah, I can't blame them, though. I mean, you know, we all went through the phase where we micromanaged something. Absolutely. And and I guess I'm just old enough and was around long enough to come out the other end of micromanaging that thing and realizing it didn't matter. And then I go to micromanage something else, realize that didn't matter. You know, you mm-hmm. do it several times as you're coming up and... You know, we play with things. It's like the perfect split. It's like, <laughs> yep. The muscle tissue doesn't, like your triceps don't know if you've trained calves that day. Yeah. The right. only thing that cares is, is the tissue being overloaded enough to cause an adaptation. There's no knowledge of what day it is or what you trained the day before in the tissue. Like it's just, that stuff's mm-hmm. all just in your head. You got to find a split that makes sense for recovery that you can be consistent with consistency is also too like the bottom line end of it. Like the diet you can stick to is the one that will work. Like there's that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. So you can micromanage things all you want. You could say it's optimal to train three times a day, four sets each workout. It's optimal to take your growth hormone one IU every two hours, but it doesn't map onto the real world. So it's meaningless. Like no one can do that. Everyone's got a job. Most people have families and kids and fucking businesses and shit they have to do. So no, they're not going to train three times a day. So right. whatever, you know, yep. that's my rant. <laughs> so it's accurate ramp though. Cause that's, I say the same thing to clients when they, I do a lot, the majority of my clients now are general population. And I just tell them, do, do not start this unless you look at this and it's something we can keep doing. We can get the results slower. If yeah. you need that sauce, that's okay. We can work around it. You know what I mean? Because if you quit, we're not going to get there. If it takes three months longer than it would have, well, we got there. So who cares? You know, I mean, it, it has yeah. to be manual and you have to be honest with yourself. And that's where you're at. Because 
like you said, Ron, if you told me I had to go to the gym twice a day, I'm like, uh, I, 10 years ago, absolutely. Now, fuck off. I don't have time for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, pretty simple. Okay. We good or you want to hit one more? Oh, we got to hit another one. All right. Perfect. Oh, this is a good one. Feel hacks in the glutes more than the quads. Stance is narrow, back on the pad, heel on the platform. Me or the machine? Well, it, it uh, so here's, here's something. Um, sometimes your feelings don't matter. There's that. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll throw that out there. Sometimes people say like, oh, I feel that. Like I've watched people do chest machines with perfect form. And they're like, I feel that in my triceps. And I'm like, well, it looks like your chest is doing most of the work, so I don't really care what you feel. <laughs> right? I've lost like, a few relationships. Biomechanically, bio bio your chest is opening right up and then contracting. Your shoulders are moving properly. Your, everything's positioned right. So let's just chalk it up to you. Feel your triceps more yeah. than you feel your pecs. And maybe your triceps are hyper sensitive and you're great a great pump in them no matter what you do and they're always going to feel good just get over it you're here to train your chest focus on that over time maybe you'll feel your chest more but right now it looks like your chest is doing a lot of work and i like your form so just keep repping out man get your chest to fail get it make sure you know they're getting a pump and everything obviously mm -hmm. um if someone's not getting a pump then that's but that's pretty easy to see like you can see if right. their mechanics are so bad like if you watch somebody do an exercise and at our level, we watch it and we know they're doing it right. They're mm. going to get a pump in the right muscle eventually if they just go hard enough. So sometimes what they're feeling doesn't matter. <coughs> Their body that's tells great. them stuff that doesn't it, matter. That's a it's a great answer because you can't push a full range of a hack squat with just your glutes. It's impossible. Right. Like the quads <laughs> are coming in there at some point. And maybe you just need to throw, maybe you just, just keep, working on the exercise and you'll get stronger and eventually your quads are going to have to like really come to the table to do more work mm -hmm. uh, because you know um you're going to start hitting your your weight thresholds and hitting true failure and all that sort of stuff and your quads are going to do more work over time but if your form's good then you should just stay in the good form and and it will come that's what i think and that's got well, I agree with everything you're saying, and I guess I would I would like to see what the movement looked like. Like, do they have their feet yeah. really high and wide on the plate? Are they right? You know, can they adjust their feet down? I know that I've had maybe certain machines that I'll feel more in one area than another. You know, like my my leg press that I have at the house here from Nautilus. If I don't keep my feet real low on the plate, the way that the plate comes down, it's going to be a lot of glute and a lot of hamstring like you know right. the same thing as if you're to use like a cybex machine and put your feet high and wide so right. i i just know where i have to put my feet you know is it a yeah. compromise with my knees I, you know i have to like kind of skirt that line how much pressure how much of that shearing force am i getting yeah versus is it, is it worth yeah exactly so that would be my yeah, thought if, if they're not liking it i i mean i think no matter what yeah like the like you said dusty it's not the glutes aren't going to move it on their own but if you wanted to mess around with it, maybe try adjusting your foot positioning a little bit. I, I guess I sort have. of assumed. Yeah, yeah I sort yeah. of assumed they were already very conscious of being, you know, feet lower, quad dominant. Yeah. Another thing too is, um, 
like we're talking about micromanaging, there's also like this over focusing. So I watch a yes. bunch of guys doing doing hack squats where they've got their feet so low that their heels are coming off a bit on the bottom of every rep. Mm-hmm. And um, or they've got their feet so low that it it like handicaps their weight, the ability mm-hmm. to move any weight at all. Um, and there's also like you know you go too far and you wind up not getting enough out of the exercise. I mean, you need to be able to load yourself and feel strong and comfortable, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and so you know you want to be quad dominant, but you don't have to put yourself in like an awkward position where you you know you're gonna put things at risk or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, you have to feel strong. I remember Dorian, Dorian used to always say, you know, you want to put your body in a position where you can move significant amounts of weight, like putting yourself in really weak positions isn't necessarily the best for you know, certain exercises. Yeah. Right. So, Agreed. You know, you want to be strong and stable. Stability is the key. If you're not stable in a position, you're n- you shouldn't be loading it. Right. So. Agreed. Okay. okay. This is an across the board one. So this might be a little tough to answer quickly, but best piece of advice you've ever received. Wear comfortable shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and the show is over because that's, that's the best advice there that's is. Good. <laughs> good that's fantastic they say that, when they say that one really matters that's apparently one that really matters <laughs> that is know. very very accurate i'm good on going out on that that was good Mm-mm. don't come don't come in the front hole <laughs> <laughs> also something that's been taught it was bonus oh it's my god rod's got insight. some gems I, I got a lot after last year a lot of chew your food yeah, I got a lot of that. <laughs> Don't be in a hurry to eat. Yeah. Don't go home and like let the dogs out if you're bleeding from your esophagus. <laughs> Not a good thing. Not a good thing. Get the mail. Do a few emails. Yeah. 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 You know. Oh, God. I, I, I'm sorry, but we have to end there. I mean, wear comfortable <laughs> okay. shoes is the end of this show okay. because there's no better well, advice. No, I've learned that lesson the hard way too a few times, you know? Oh, for sure. You know, you're like, oh, these shoes will be fine for the expo. And then three days later, you're like, oh, fuck, I should have brought my Jordans. (laughs) Which is why Scott wears Crocs. I have gotten so many different memes and texts and pictures of Crocs. It's great, you guys. Keep them coming. They're amazing. I'm, still, I'm not wearing the Crocs today. I got the Metcons on, but I'll, I'll I'll have them for you guys. I'll show them. There, we, show I was at the airport uh, passing through on the way to Utah, and I saw a chick with bedazzled Crocs, and I was like, there they are. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really am hyper aware after that one episode. <laughs> I noticed two people in the gym last week were working out in Crocs. Really? What, and and I was like, wow! I just I didn't I didn't think it was happening in, in where I like around me. I, I thought it was something that happened to other people. <laughs> I, I felt the same the first time there was a like a drug problem at my school as a kid. I was like, oh, they yeah. do this here. Oh my God, they have drugs <laughs> yeah. here. Like, Wait, we got to bring up one more thing that okay. that that reel I sent you guys about things that people do that make them look oh, like yeah. a psychopath in the gym. Oh, my God. And, and the one was working out in regular clothes. Yes. Which is so accurate. Now, we don't have – I've noticed some gyms, like corporate gyms, like fitness centers, will have a sign that says, like, you know, be like on the rules, right? Yeah. Like, 
must wear workout attire. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I always thought, well, that's just like a nightclub having something in the clause so that they can refuse service if they have to. Like, right. let's say you came in with like thong underwear and sandals. They could say, oh, it's not workout attire, right? It saves their ass, gives them an out. Yeah. yeah. But, then, but then you see the actual odd person just like rocks in in like jeans. Yeah, some cowboy and boots. Starts like leg pressing. Yeah. And and I'm like and and so there's that part of me as a gym owner, I'm like, well, you know, maybe this guy's got a busy life. Like he works twelve hours a day and he's got two kids and this is on his lunch break and this is the only time he gets and he's just gonna pump out a few sets and go back to work. Yeah. And then the other half of me thinks, maybe this person is going to be a serial killer soon. And this is the first <laughs> symptom of the their world falling apart. So there was a guy at the uh, EOS, which used to be Gold's in North Scottsdale, there was a surgeon, and he would come in with the full surgeon outfit, the scrubs. Like the hospital and, pants and everything. And the hat. And the hat. Oh, he's still wow. in character, straight off the set of ER. Yeah. I was like, yeah. and I always thought to myself, like, <laughs> if you have the hat on, I'm assuming you actually did a surgery today. Is that even clean? Yeah, that's sanitary. Right. Is there blood splatter on the hat? Walking around in that? Like, it always bothered me so much. I'm like, you've got was plenty it just, of money. Was it was it just a ploy to get chicks? Was he just so sensitive about getting chicks and he thought I gotta be a doctor two four seven? It's gotta be like so obvious. I, I, not not him, because there's no way he was getting chicks either way. Yeah. I mean that's hard, you know? That's really <laughs> I mean it was just one of those things like I wanted to walk up and you can walk him by the back. Would would he would he wash his hand? Would he would he wash his hands after every set? I know, but I hope he does all the way down to the elbow, like they do. Right, dry, like they walk out like this, and I I put his gloves on for him. You see, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You you hand the dumbbells to him, so he doesn't have to touch anything else. Yeah, you see him in the bathroom, and you're like, "Didn't you just take a piss? Why are you washing your elbows?" He's like, "Oh, gotta get up there." (laughs) He looks at me, he goes, "40s, please," and I hand him the forty pound dumbbells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Scalpel is a five. I'm like, "Got it." (laughs) (laughs) The good news is, for I think any of the three of us, and probably most of the people watching the show, if we forgot our gym clothes at home, that is okay because we are probably already wearing gym clothes. Yeah, it's not even a factor. <laughs> I was like, maybe I should start wearing them. I was like, I've given a lot of shots too, Doc. Hey, here's a question. Yeah, yeah, I need scrubs. Here's a question. I'm somewhat of a doctor myself. <laughs> <laughs> so who who's the actor that's in that meme? The the villain from Spider Man. You know, he was in he was in Deer Hunter. What's his name? Which villain from Spider Man? He was in the first Spider-Man. He was like the bad guy. What's that actor's I don't know name? His name. I can see his face. Uh, he's in that, that. Yeah, he's in that meme. I'm gonna get it. Get it. Get the. Send us the meme though. Now it needs to go up because I just go to Deer Hunter. I just go to Deer Hunter because he was in that. Dun, 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 dun. Damn, there's a lot of people in Deer Hunter. Holy shit. He's not even on the first page of cast. Jesus. Well, this Spider-Man. guy really, are you even sure he was in Deer Hunter? <laughs> now there's too many Spider-Man movies. I don't even know which one I'm looking at. I don't know all the Spider-Mans. Oh, boy. 
We got a code red. What happened to Rob? We got a code red. I can't name. remember an actor's name that I should know. And it's going to be like a guy, Scott, you and I have never known his name, but no, we know who he is. I don't know actors either anyway. So I'm going to, either way, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. And just kind of act like I know what he's talking about. So there's that. Well, now I have to find him. What was the first Spider-Man called? Just Spider-Man? 2002? There he is. Haha, William Defoe. Oh, I know who that is. Yes, Thank there's you. a great meme of him. Yes, he's the one that's in that that amazing meme. I'm gonna What's see the if meme? It up. It's 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 this face, but it says I'm somewhat of a you know, and then they insert here like I'm somewhat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. that picture. Yes, I'm somewhat of a doctor myself. <laughs> Well, Where they used to have, they had face. those commercials from uh, like I can't remember which hotel it was. They were like, "Oh, you're a doctor? No, but I did stay." No, at I a stayed at a Holiday Inn. Inn one of those. Yeah. <laughs> did I ever tell you my story about when I used that line in a real world real world situation, and it was like hilarious to me and no one else? <laughs> I so I was bartending. I wasn't bouncing. I was bartending, and this big fight broke out right in front of my bar. And I was just like, oh, fuck. So I'm looking around for Dorman and there's like, they're all running to the thing, but it's out of control. And my manager's like kind of getting beat up. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I jump the bar and there's this one real big guy. And I'm like, well, I'm going to have to deal with him. Like, because he's the biggest guy and I'm the biggest guy. So I'm going to have to deal with this guy. And so I grab him from behind and I put him, you know, grab him across the, the chest and sort of have him in a half sleeper. And I'm just trying, I'm like, I'm like, you know, Pat, I'm like security, security, like trying to get him to calm down and he's just giving her. So I lock it up and I'm like choking him. Cause he's like bigger (laughs) than me. He's like six, four, he's big and he's raging. He's punching a manager. So I'm putting him to sleep and we topple over and we hit the ground and he's still really kicking, but I hook the legs in and roll on my back and I have him in like a full rear naked choke. And right. I have never taken a class of any of that, but it's not a hard move, right? It's not a hard move. Yeah, no. I know how to hook the legs. I've seen it on TV a million times. So I put him in a rear naked choke and he like totally went out and I rolled over and then he came to, but the doorman handled him. And I like stood up and walked away and they dealt with him. I think they put him in handcuffs and like walked him out. And these two guys were at my bar and they're like, Holy shit. That was like a full-on rear naked choke. You put that guy to sleep. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, do you take jujitsu? And I said, no, but I stayed at a Holiday Inn once. And they just fucking, those two guys, they lost it. They lost it. Good time. They lost it. It was beautiful timing. I remember being so proud of myself. Yeah, yeah. Like driving home that night, I was just like... Oh, what an epic! You were more proud of the lines than the choke. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, that one guy, his name was Steve. He messaged me on Instagram like years later, and he goes, "Hey, do you remember that night you put that guy in a rear naked choke? I was telling my friends about it the other night. And do you remember what you said?" And I was like, "Oh yes, I do." It's a legendary, yes, yes, legendary. You know, oh, you got to use it in your life. You got to find a spot where you can use that line and see if people get it. <laughs> you know. Ron has got two lines that will always go down in history. Uh, and the other one is the size of his penis. Anyway, 
<laughs> hey, you got to have an answer for that question, right? You you got, did we ever said that on the show? Did you ever tell us? Yes, Scott we that? have. But I we think we have. It. We got to save it. You know, we'll leave them. Oh, we'll God. let them dig around in back episodes. That one's a. That one's a. That, I, I'm like when I when you said that the first time you told me that story, I was like, it's the greatest answer. It's a in good the answer. History of the world. It's a good like, answer. It served me the well. The steak would have killed me that day. It would have been fine. <laughs> okay. That that felt awesome. like a quick episode because we had like the technical issue and stuff. So I don't really sure what Scott's going to get out of this, but he'll put something together. We got a lot. We got we got plenty. We've got an episode and just a tip. Okay. Go. Yeah. And a just a tip. Okay. Okay. Thanks, guys. Remember, like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. There you go. I left that for Dusty. See how he's good at it. It's like you guys have no, done it's this good before. Though. I like leaving it for him occasionally. So we'll do that. Okay. Remember guys, it's just bodybuilding.